Welcome back to the Dad and Rock podcast. This is Sean. And this is Chris. Hey, we're back at it again. Uh, if you uh, checked out our episode last time around, we had some upgrades with our uh, audio. And uh, hopefully you guys noticed the difference. Uh, I know I did, kind of going back and forth between episode 24 and episode 25. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty nice you know, going back and actually sounding like this is uh, professionally done and we're meaning to do this. Yeah, absolutely. So we we sound hopefully we sound crystal clear this time around. But I know you uh, may have a bit of a mumble mouth considering your condition. Oh yeah, uh, this past Thursday I was under the knife. Uh, I I hate the dentist, and the dentist decided that they had to take my bottom two wisdom teeth. Oh gosh, and it has sucked royally. Like I had my top two out probably about twenty years ago, and the only reason I didn't get my bottom ones out was I really didn't have any insurance. I can afford to get the top ones out. It was medically necessary for it to get done as well. And I went to the dentist probably it was the weekend before Thanksgiving, and I had a cavity in my back right one, and they numbed almost my whole right of my face. Wow. And they could not get to where they needed to numb to actually fill it. Yeah. So they decided, you know what, it'd be in my best interest to go ahead and just get them removed. And I delayed it as long as I could. And man, oh. <laughs> was it bad? Uh, it, well, everyone kind of wanted, you know, the the goofy stories or videos of you just kind of blabbering, making a fool out of yourself. And I remember going back there, then putting some type of thing over my nose. Right. Uh, give me some gas. I remember her saying, you know, squeeze this thing. She gave me a needle and she said it was like where they're going to put the, you know, the medicine in to go ahead and put me out. And yeah, that's all I remember. Then I wake up remembering with galls in my mouth and packed oh, wow. tight. You passed out. Oh, I passed out quick and fast. There was no. Didn't even get a chance to count backwards from 99 or whatever? <laughs> nothing. I think it was my adrenaline was going so much and I was so like, uh, well, a lack of a better way of saying, just scared of being in there. Yeah. It just had my heart pumping and it just, medicines flew through me so quickly it just knocked me straight out. Yeah, I hear you. We mentioned that we were going to talk about the football game last week before we had our technical issues. Yeah, we kind of had some technical difficulties. My uh, recorder stopped recording. <laughs> Good thing I noticed it when it did, or else we would have just been blabbing for nothing. Yeah. Uh, but going back to it, was there a team you were rooting for over the other? Um, yes and no. I mean, yeah, I kind of wanted the Chiefs just because of Andy Reid and that organization has been good for a few years now. Um, especially with Mahomes, I mean, they have the talent there. I feel like they deserve it. But um, I also I felt like the 49ers were kind of an underdog. I mean, they ha- they're kind of the opposite, right? Where they really haven't been good <laughs> yeah. uh, these last few years. So for them to make it all the way to the Super Bowl, that would have been kind of a uh, cool story too. Yeah, but, they just came out of nowhere. Yeah, it was cool to see Andy Reid get his finally. So um, I'm glad it turned out the way it did. And that was the only rooting interest I had. Like, I don't like the 49ers. I don't like Kansas City. Yeah, but I do. I do really like Andy Reid going back to his uh, his Eagles days. So right. I, I was happy to see him finally get that you know that that monkey off his back. He, he was the most winning coach without an actual Super Bowl championship, and now that he can get rid of that and say, you know what, I'm a Hall of Famer regardless. Uh, that, that's pretty cool to see. Yeah, so you know me and uh, 4K content. So this is the first year that I've been able to watch the Super Bowl in 4K. 
Um, uh, there were a couple of different ways to do it this year. Uh, yeah. One through either the official Fox app, either Fox or Fox Sports. And I use the uh, Roku platform, uh, which actually Roku and Fox were having a bit of a uh, contract dispute days leading up to the Super Bowl. So I was afraid I wouldn't be able to catch it. Uh, but of course, they cleared that up like the day before, luckily. Um, I also did a free trial of Fubo TV. Uh, they're one of those live uh, TV streaming services like a YouTube TV or Hulu Live, uh, but they focus a lot on sports. They show a lot of like uh, Major League Soccer, uh, you know, football, I think maybe even some baseball uh, in 4K. Uh, so that might be uh, something you may want to look into um, down the line, possibly. Um, but, you know, it's kind of one of those things. The packages started like 55 bucks. So it was, it's kind of take it or leave it. But uh, I was willing to try out the free trial for a week at least to uh, catch the Super Bowl. And uh, I got to say, the there was a big difference in quality between the two apps, and Fubo TV actually came out on top. Uh, the colors were rich, the uh, blacks were deep and dark, and had uh, HDR, um, high dynamic range. Um, so yeah, it was kind of it was really neat to uh, to check out the game in 4K. Yeah, I'm kind of really upset with myself. I didn't even know that was an option yeah. to go ahead and be able to watch it that way. Yeah, so it was kind of cool. So that's what uh, happened to us last week, uh, what we weren't really able to talk about on the last episode. Uh, but since then, I understand you had some uh, news with your family, kind of sharing some some updates with your kids, right? What's going on oh, there? Oh, yeah. Well, so me and my wife have been talking about something back and forth probably for the past couple of years. And, uh, you know, young kids, the whole deal, uh, are into Disney. And we decided to go ahead and book our first trip to Disney World. Wow. And uh, we've been going back and forth to see if it was something that we were going to tell the kids about mm-hmm. or we were going to spring it on them, you know, once we got off the plane and this is where we were. Well, congratulations. <laughs> um, dude, I'm so pumped and so overwhelmed right now. And uh, there's so much that goes into it from like the dining plan that we went ahead and did. Yeah. You have to plan your meals out and remake res- reservations so far in advance to make sure you actually get what you want. Oh, wow. Like, we're actually, like, planning, like, meals, like, today for things that are going to take place to the first week of June. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I've never been. Um, and I uh, know this would be your first time, too, right? Yeah, it's going to be our first time. I actually sat down and within the app, uh, one of the my priorities was to book our Star Wars experiences. Yeah. So, our building our lightsabers, and uh, Zach's going to go ahead and build a droid. I'm not going to do the droid because, I mean, the two of us, one's plenty. Right. Believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, sitting back, and that's extra stuff, too. I mean, the cost of this stuff is astronomical. Sure. But I figured, you know what? We're going to do this once, maybe twice. Let's do it right. And let's get ourselves into the lightsabers. I'm going to have at least one melted to the wall. Maybe if I can convince him not to play with his, maybe crisscross <laughs> him. Yeah, I definitely want to do that, too, um, eventually check out, especially the Star Wars area. And uh, um, I think uh, that's going to be something down the line for us as well, maybe in the next uh, few years. But it's kind of one of those things for some folks. It's like once in a lifetime. And then there are some other people where they go like every six months. <laughs> yeah, they do it so much. It's, it's kind of it seems like a lot like one of Zach's friends, uh, his family does I think once a year. And I even asked him, I said, man, does it like lose its shine? Yeah. Like if you go so often, does it become like you become numb to everything? And his honest answer was it's, there's so much going on and it's such a changing environment. It's never stagnant for very long. Right. 
He said it, it doesn't. You don't lose the awe of walking in and seeing the castle and seeing the fireworks in the evening. When you know whatever other events you're looking at, for instance, like Epcot next year, almost Epcot's gonna be completely different. Yeah, yeah. They're like doing a whole overhaul on Epcot. Wow, what kind of things are they doing? Do you know? Uh, they're changing like uh, all basically all four parts of the air. Uh, the park are being changed. Like right now they're renovating one area and it's going to be more down the Moana, uh, like a uh, line. So they're, they're going to have like 3d, like motion water yeah. and everything. It, it's going to be, a, it's, it's quite a bit. I mean, I remember them going into it back on D 23. So I don't remember the ins and outs, but I remember now that we're getting into it right before a lot of those actual attractions will open next year. Yeah, that's going to be great. So what time of the year are you guys planning on going down? Uh, it's going to be the first week of June. Nice. So right, right after Zach gets out of school, yeah, and it's really before, say, the Northeast gets out of school. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of timing it right down that you know, that window. Got a really good deal. I was actually in my uh, the new line of work I do here, you know, meeting with families after you know they have a loved one pass. Right. Uh, I actually ran into one that was an actual travel agent for Disney. Oh no, kidding. Yeah, so I just started, you know, you know when you're sitting down with somebody and you're dealing with a hard situation, you try to find uh, something light to talk about. Sure. Uh, I seen her purse and it had like Mickey Mouse and everything all over it. So I just kind of struck up a you know, conversation about that. And she said, go figure. I actually planned Disney vacations. <laughs> so not only was I taking care of her family, it then flipped. And now she's taking care of our family, which is pretty cool. And she actually found a deal for us that was like almost $2,000 cheaper than Janessa was able to find. So price point wise, she she did us really well. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. So you guys planning on staying within the park? Oh yeah, it, like I told Janessa, it's one of those we're doing it right. We're staying like at, at at Pop Century, I think it is. Yeah. So we're staying in one of their resorts. We get like the we got the park hopper passes, so we can go no matter we you know where we want to go at any given time. Uh, I told her our requirement mine is I'm not driving, <laughs> so like transportation was huge. From like park to park, if it was on the new skyline uh, setup they have now, it's kind of like a gondola set of system, right? Or if it was the buses, the boats, or yeah, anything down those lines, that's definitely a was high priority for me, yeah. Because it's like I don't want to be stressed out about it. I just want to be able to go, have a good time, not worry about it, and just not want to punch somebody when I'm trying to park. <laughs> Boy, I hope they let you take pictures in this inside the Falcon. You and I and Zach, we visited the and we took pictures inside the DeLorean just recently. Now, if you guys can get inside the Falcon and take some pictures, that'd be great. Well, I heard like the basically the whole walk up to like the actual Smuggler's Run, it's like you're actually in the Falcon. So you're sitting down where they're playing uh, the hollow chess and you're in other areas. Now, me and Zach may not experience that a whole lot because right. we have the fast passes as well. And we, I anticipate using a fast pass. Sure. I just picture Zach interacting with uh, Kylo Ren in the First Order. I've seen videos where they just kind of walk down the streets and they interact with people, kind of make fun of them. <laughs> oh, I've actually asked his his friend, his dad, and he showed me a video of it, and they go all out, yeah, like full fledged military style when they're marching in, and the stormtroopers don't don't flinch, yeah, and then uh, they do have a whole like you know experience and they come out. And I asked Zach, I said, "You want to, you know, you want to do your light." Uh, Jedi training. He's like, yeah, daddy, I want to fight. Uh, he's, I said, you want to fight Darth Vader? He said, no, I want to fight Kylo Ren. I'm like, oh, this is going to be awesome. It's like too bad they don't let adults do this too. <laughs> and I mean, even with like, say for instance, that day, we have to be in the park before the park even really opens because uh, the uh, Rise of the Resistance, they do boarding passes. And with that, what that means is you got to get in there, click on your phone and not wait in line. 
So oh, there's wow. no like standby line for it. It tells you come back within this time and you have a two hour window. Oh, okay. So you don't have to worry about standing in line, but they only give out so many. Right. So when the day is booked, the, the day is booked. So you missed out. So you got to be in the park to be able to do that. How long of a trip is it going to be for you guys? Uh, it's going to be a seven day total, five days in park. Oh, nice. Okay. So that's a decent amount of time. Yeah, so we figure we're going to start the week with, say, for instance, on that Monday, we're going to start in Disney, the actual Magical Kingdom, and only plan on doing about half the park. We right. don't want to rush, though. We figure we'll do about half of it, and then day five, the final day we're there, we'll do, say, the other half of the park and not rush through it. Yeah, no, that's terrific. Any plans on visiting, like, uh, Universal Studios or anything else around Orlando while you're there? Dude, did you not hear me say I'm not driving? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, there is such a thing as Uber, so uh, I don't know if you've heard of it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, sounds like a lot of fun. I can't wait for you guys to uh, head down there and have the experience of a lifetime. Maybe you'll get the bug and you'll get, be one of those families that uh, show up uh, uh, once a year now. So you say that, and we've already been talking about the bounce back plan. So, But that's that's strictly mainly because of family. Uh, some of the members wanted to go with us this time, and it's not going to work out that way. So they were planning on going next year. So if we can go ahead and do what they call a bounce back plan and get a discount on, say, the rooms or the parks or something like that, those lines, uh, maybe something we look into. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that those are some big plans. It's a big announcement for your uh, for your family. I'm sure the kids were stoked. What what were their reaction? Oh, they've been bouncing off the walls, <laughs> and it's one of those we were not we were afraid to to tell them because we didn't want to answer the question: Are we are we going tomorrow? Are we going tomorrow? <laughs> no, guys, we're not going tomorrow. Can we watch videos on YouTube? Yes, we can watch videos on YouTube. <laughs> well, that's terrific. I mean, from uh, Disney Parks to Disney Plus, uh, we're kind of the bulk of the episode today. We're going to give a uh, state of the uh, streaming services out currently. Uh, we're kind of in a weird period where we're, you know, the you know Mandalorian's gone, so Disney Plus is kind of quiet. They've had some recent trailers for some upcoming content. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Netflix just dropped a new show. We'll talk a little bit about that. And of course we're, uh, we're not quite at the point yet where HBO Max and, uh, NBC Universal's Peacock are set to come out. That's later in the year, kind of closer in spring, April, May time frame. Uh, so all's kind of quiet these few first months of 2020. Uh, but yeah, we figured it might be a, a good to give you guys an update on what's going on currently. Uh, so speaking of Disney, there is Disney Plus and did you catch the Super Bowl ads for the uh, new Marvel shows? Yeah, for both uh, WandaVision and the Falcon. They kind of gave us a little bit of a hint towards the Loki one as well. Uh, not much. And it really wasn't much of trailers either way. Like, for instance, like Falcon and Winter Soldier, you see, they show Falcon throwing Cap's you know, shield into yes. a tree, which was pretty cool seeing that. So I'm kind of, that, that was my biggest confusion. Like, how much are we going to see him transitioning maybe from Falcon to Captain America, or are they going to kind of, is there going to be some type of like inner conflict between him becoming him? So I hope they kind of dive deeply into that. I think, I mean, that one there, the more I learn about it, the more excited I am about that one. WandaVision, dude, that just uh, that just seems weird to me. <laughs> well, I think it's intentionally supposed to kind of throw you off. There's some weird things going on. From what I can maybe parse through and, and tell from the trailer, which you really can't tell much of anything, um, it you know, you see Scarlet Witch and the Vision. The last time we saw him, he was on the ground. Thanos just took the um, mind gem out of his forehead, and he t- kind of turned black and white, and it looks like he died. 
Um, and now you see them kind of up and vibrant, and they're kind of switching through, uh, you know, sitcoms. <laughs> you see uh, Scarlet Witch dressed up as kind of a 1950s sitcom, like a Patty Duke or Leave it to Beaver type, and then it goes into like a 1960s, 70s, like the Brady Bunch, like 80s and 90s, kind of like Roseanne. She's done up with big teased hair. And uh, you only see like maybe a half second clip of each one. So you're kind of, you have no idea what's going on with this show. Um, but from what I've heard, it may be a backdoor way of actually bringing mutants officially into the Marvel Universe. Uh, because Scarlet Witch is, uh, in the comics, she's had powers where uh, there was a huge storyline uh, called House of M, where Scarlet Witch actually got rid of all mutants uh, across the world. And uh, it's, uh, you know, this may be a way for her as a character to be a kind of a pivot point to bring them in. Uh, to the to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which now, you know, with the, the dealings last year, how, how Fox is kind of owned by Disney now, all one big happy company, um, Marvel can start cranking out movies with uh, uh, the characters that Fox used to own. So that would be the X-Men and the Fantastic Four, uh, which I've heard some, uh, actually heard some news this week that uh, John Krasinski, the guy who played Jim in The Office, and he's also uh, done that movie A Quiet Place, uh, but yeah, he's actually reaching out to Marvel, apparently wanting to uh, play Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic. I, I think he'd be a good fit, too. Oh, man, I don't know. I, I think hasn't find the Fantastic Four been kind of played out, though. I mean, that's, it hasn't worked once. Are we really <laughs> going to give it a try again? Uh, my answer is yes. You may not feel that way, but... Um, they're Marvel's first family. I feel like they deserve a good movie. And, you know. Are we going to kill them three times? I mean, <laughs> it's been twice now. It hasn't worked. Well, yeah, from Fox. But, I mean, they also, Fox also made a lot of bad X-Men movies. Some good, a lot bad. Um, That's true. And, you know, it's it's it would be under the hands of Marvel and Kevin Feige. And they haven't done me wrong yet. So, uh, that answer is yes. I mean, we're, we seem to be moving away from the Avengers, right? I mean, we're not going to have any more Captain America. We're not going to have any more Tony Stark. So there's, uh, I think there's room for these uh, characters for sure. Yeah, they're going to have to build something, another, another phase, another like. They're going to have to somehow suck everyone into like you know five, six, seven movies and make one big one at the end again. Uh, but I mean, if if you're right, they haven't steered us wrong once yet. But I mean, I'm having a <laughs> I'm having a hard time seeing, you know, that franchise brought back. And successfully, I, I'd be one I couldn't see in the theater just you know, based on the past. I have to wait for it to come out, even even with, you know, the backing of Marvel and Kevin yeah. Fahey and everybody. I'd have to wait. I hear you. You were having your own issues with Marvel even before the uh, last two Avengers movies. So I got gotcha. you. Hey, how, how uh, closely do you think these uh, new Disney Plus shows are going to tie into the uh, cinematic universe? I know they had Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC for a while. Uh, which really didn't connect to the movies whatsoever. I mean, here and there, but really not too much. Uh, do you think there's going to be some events in these shows that are going to kind of inform the the Phase 4 movies coming out? Actually, Kevin Feige is actually addressed to this. The TV shows are going to be completely connected to all movie cinema. So they're all going to be intertwined. So everything that you would happen in a movie, if you're watching a show and the timelines lapsed, they would actually be connected. So you'll see the two things, uh, two things interacting with each other. Oh, very cool. Okay. So, well, so unlike the Agents of Shield thing and everything, where they were like operating in separate kind of universes. Yeah. Uh, this one here is all going to be one universe. Oh, excellent. Okay. 
Well, that'll definitely make the uh, price tag of seven bucks a month worth it. I think to uh, if you if you dropped out of Disney Plus, which a lot of you haven't. I mean, there's some numbers that came out here recently where uh, how many millions of people are have Disney Plus still? It says uh, 26.5 million paying subscribers right now. Yeah, wow. Which I mean, in in the big scheme of things, that's not much. I mean, they were looking at having at the end of was it 2025? They're looking at having 125 million paying you know, subscribers. Right. So it looks like they're they're trying to ramp up. And I, we've talked about this in the past. I feel like they've missed the boat. They should have had one of these Marvel series is ready to go right after the Mandalorian was over to continue that, you know, that momentum. Uh, they lost a lot of momentum. You know, the Mandalorian gave them a lot. I mean, they were talked about for a long time. Yeah, I mean, they launched with a bang, and you're right, we've kind of talked about it already, but uh, it would have been a great thing if they were able to release something close to that, um, you know, in proximity and quality. Uh, but we'll be waiting a bit for these Marvel shows. I think I don't. I think the first one up is the um, Scarlet Witch show, um, WandaVision, uh, but that's not even set to come out until the end of this year. Yeah, actually, uh, I think with the, the new release that just came out just a couple of days ago from... Uh... Uh, Bob Iger, they are releasing Falcon and Winter Soldier in August. Oh, that's so they didn't great. Give, they didn't give a direct, like, say, August 15th or anything, but yeah. their ballpark is August, and then WandaVision is still uh, ballpark to be released in December. So hopefully we'll have two of them by the end of the year. And you'll have Mandalorian Season 2 in October. Yeah, yeah. So, so okay. we're, we're going we're to get a lot. I mean, they're going to ramp, when they ramp up, they're going to go full forge. Yeah. They're going to write into it. I mean, there's no, there's no doing it small. Fine. It's either all or nothing with this company. <laughs> there's another property that I'm actually pretty excited for. That's not Marvel. It's not Star Wars. It, it is Disney. But uh, they're planning on making a, a series or maybe a follow-up movie uh, to the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids series, where uh, Josh Gad is apparently going to play the son of Wayne Zielinski. You know, Nick Zielinski, kind of an older version, doing his own thing. They're even saying that Rick Moranis may come back for this franchise. I mean, uh, Rick Moranis, he, he retired uh, a long time ago from, from doing movies. I think his wife passed away, unfortunately, and he dedicated himself to raising his kids. And uh, But now it's been quite a few years, and yeah, they couldn't bring him back for Ghostbusters this year, but they may just bring him back for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. That, that's kind of a funny, like... Okay, I'll come back for this one, not that one. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll think it's the other way around. Yeah, I'll come back for Ghostbusters, not for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, but it is the uh, the Disney machine, so, you know, how much money they have. It must have been a lot of money to convince Rick Moranis to come back. I think it's it's not final. It's kind of unsubstantiated. Um, but uh, those are the rumors that are out there. I think it would be quite the feat to bring Rick Moranis back into the spotlight. That would be fun to actually see him back in that role, though, too, because those... Those movies don't hold up very well, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, I went back and watched the first one. It's fun to watch with the kids. Yeah. Uh, then the second one was, what, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid? And then the third one was, what, They Shrunk Themselves? Yeah, if Honey, I remember We Shrunk right. Themselves, yep. So uh, I had to go back and watch, you know, the second and third one. I remember they were fun. And just the fact, you know, the kids are lost in the front yard or the backyard is uh, – it was, a, it was a good idea, and I think it even translated well to, like, parks and everything, because they did a bunch of, like, blown up ants, and you're walking yeah. through these areas. So, I mean, they, they did it right, and if they can do it right with jo- Josh Gad, I mean, that, that, that right there has me enough to be, you know, pique my interest. Yeah, I, that was one of my favorite uh, uh, movies as a kid, just the uh, just how much imagination there was in that movie and, and the effects. You're right, the effects don't quite hold up these days, especially with CG. 
Um, but, I mean, that being said, if you were to do a movie like that these days, I think the effects could be crazy. <laughs> well, saying all that now, do, do you still go into this Disney app often? Is it something you don't open anymore, or is it just kind of a periodic thing? Well, uh, we do. There was kind of a dip in usage after The Mandalorian uh, aired its last episode of season one. Didn't open it up as much. But um, now anytime that my daughter wants to watch a Disney movie, I pretty much open it up. Even though I own a lot of it already, say across, you know, my my digital locker and my Amazon Prime or Vudu. uh, A lot of the things that uh, are offered on Disney Plus are in kind of the highest quality of 4K HDR. Usually it's my go-to if I'm going to be streaming anything Disney related. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm going to it a lot. There was really never a dip in usage when it comes to uh, my house after Mandalorian ended. I mean, granted, we know I was all about it. But, I mean, my my daughter, Skylar, she watches, like, Muppet Babies or she watches, uh, you know, the Disney Princesses. Uh, Zach's all about, you know, anything he can get a hold, his hands on in there. Uh, he has stumbled upon something that I found out he found from his friends that I was like, my first re- response was, oh, man. Oh, no, what's this? He's watching SpongeBob. <laughs> yeah. Not on Disney Plus. No, 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 no. I'm oh. not sure where he's finding it. But he's in there and he's just kind of out here. You know, who lives in a pineapple under the sea? I'm like, no, punch me now. Oh, there was no escape in that. I mean, that that character's iconic. <laughs> yeah, but he's in there. He's loving that show. So I was like, okay, I mean, he's not understanding the, the adult jokes in there <laughs> because there's quite a few <laughs> of them. But then again, if we look back at all those Nickelodeon cartoons and as an adult, we're like, man. There was a lot of really raunchy things in there. Uh, oh, yeah. Ren and Stimpy much? Oh, yeah. I Ren and Stimpy that, was terrible, but it's great now looking back at insane. it. <laughs> uh, now I know why. Like, my mom just uh, she shook her head at any time that I brought up Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> <laughs> or even Rugrats with, like, Grandpa and some of the things he would do and say. It's like, okay, wow. But, yeah, I mean, the Disney app, we use it often. I mean, I'm, it did its job on me, obviously. A lot of the Disney app is, you know, a selling feature of the parks. And I didn't even have it for a year. And look what I booked. I mean, yeah. the Imagination Story by itself is an amazing, you know, amazing series. But if you look at it for what it is, it's really just a six-part commercial of the history of the park. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. So, I mean, it got me hook, line, and sinker. And definitely in the last episode when it was all about, like, uh, uh, Pandora. And it was about, you know, Galaxy's Edge. And it gives you, like, an in-depth about... Rise of the Resistance and everything. I'm like, okay, yep, you got me excited. We still do open it. Uh, we actually watched the updated, quote unquote, live action Lion King this week. Oh, you did Disney Plus? Yeah, we checked it out. I actually liked it quite a bit. Um, it's kind of the same thing with all those remakes. If I ever watched, or if I ever wanted to watch the Lion King again, it would be the original version. Uh, it was just kind of a, you know, you you watch these remakes and it's kind of one and done. And anytime I would want to revisit it, I'll just watch the classic because there just wasn't enough brought to the table, I thought. And and I thought Scar was severely lacking. I missed Jeremy Irons terribly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And, uh, and like I said, back when we first, you know, ep- whoa, episode one of this show. Oh, yeah. Wow, we're going back <laughs> a little ways here. Uh, yeah. I thought they changed things just for the sake of changing. Uh, what right. do you think of that? Um, I didn't mind it. I actually appreciated some of that stuff because I don't want to watch just um, a direct copy with every single line of dialogue um, being uh, redone. So I kind of appreciated the changes here and there. Um, but at the end of the day, it was just padding, uh, like just a lot of padding from taking a 90 minute movie to close to a two hour movie. 
And uh, I, I don't know. I You know, the technology was great. And, and you know, there were some parts where it's just unbelievable that you're watching a completely CG-created um, thing, especially with the setting, the sunsets, the landscapes, um, you know, the blades of grass, the, the lion animation. I mean, it was all crazy and intense. And it was done incredibly well. But, um, yeah, it, it just didn't have quite the, uh, the appeal as the original one did. So are you telling me it's to suck it up and watch Aladdin? That's, that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, actually, I think Aladdin, out of all of these, had the most going on as far as, like, uh, differences between the live-action version and the original. Um, I hold too closely to that original. That's my problem. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you have to kind of let go of that. You're not going to have the same experience. Um, the guy who plays Aladdin, I don't think he's quite as charming as the cartoon. And uh, Will Smith... You know, he does an incredible job as his own. If you kind of let go of the Robin Williams version and just kind of, you know, understand that you're not going to get that again and kind of let Will Smith give the performance that he gives and appreciate what he does, uh, then you have a better chance. But there's actually more to do with the genie this time around than there was in the cartoon. Okay. Okay. Maybe I'll just suck it up and watch it this coming weekend. And uh, there's not much else going on right now. (laughs) Yeah. Check it out. But, uh, you know, and the old standby as far as streaming services is Netflix, right? I mean, it was the OG. It's still around, still doing great, um, and it's not going anywhere for a while. Uh, they actually dropped a new show this weekend uh, by the name of Lock and Key. Have you seen anything about that? I have not. I actually went and you know, kind of soothed myself, get a haircut, and uh, the girl that was cutting my hair actually started talking about it and saying how much she loved it. So just by that interaction by itself, it's one of those ones uh, I want to go ahead and check out. Yeah, it's done really well. Um, I watched the first two episodes of it. I was excited about this um, series from the get-go because it's actually based off a graphic novel uh, that was done about maybe 10 years ago by Joe Hill, who is the son of Stephen King. Uh, So he wrote this story, and it was uh, drawn up into a graphic novel form. I read the whole thing. I thought it was awesome. It's not a superhero tale. It's, It's very much, you know, it takes place in this large uh, kind of haunted house estate in Massachusetts where this family moves in and there's all these kind of weird magical secrets in the house. And um, yeah, you kind of, it's one of those ones where you kind of hooked from the beginning. Uh, you're kind of questioning like what's going on here. The characters are interesting enough uh, to go with. There's a kid named Bodie who's kind of the youngest uh, sibling out of, out of this family. And he's played by the same kid who played Georgie in the uh, It movies. Okay. <laughs> Uh, little Georgie who got pulled down into the sewer. Um, but, uh, yeah, so far so good. Um, I'm liking it. And, um, you know, it's going to be one of those ones where I uh, keep checking it out until uh, I think maybe the end of the 10th episode. That's usually how they run, either 8 to 10 episodes on Netflix. I was going to say, do you know how many episodes they actually go? Yeah, I believe it's 10. Okay. Yeah, you know, you're right. You know, Netflix is kind of still, still kind of sitting strong. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. compared to, you know, what Disney has and everything, they're looking at right about 158 million paying customers. 60 of them are here in the States, but that's still double, more than double what, you know, Disney has. Yeah. Uh, they kind of changed the way that they uh, they do their ratings. Uh, they used to do their ratings. You'd have to watch 70% of the show or the series before they actually counted it as you watching it. Oh, okay. Uh, they have dropped that down to two minutes. So if you watch oh. two <laughs> minutes of it, I mean, that's, that's a significant drop. I don't know what, you know, what led them to doing that. But the the reasoning behind that says if you went to something you were watching it for more than two minutes, you have deliberately stopped to watch the show. 
Right. So I can kind of see that, but I mean, that's that seems like a way just to beef up their numbers. The, yeah, they're padding something. But I mean, right. we, I mean, I think Netflix holds tight to what their actual numbers are too. You don't hear about them, you know, pumping up, you know, what's you know what's big, what's not big. Every now and then you hear about a show that has has hit really big, like a Stranger Things, uh, The Witcher, for instance. I oh think, yeah, I think The Witcher actually has taken their their top your know, rate of number one show on their actual streaming service. Yeah, that hit big. I think out of nowhere. I don't think a lot of people were expecting it, and it was just kind of a good word of mouth because it didn't go over well initially with critics, uh, but enough people liked it and kind of spread the word that now you couldn't really escape it there for about a month uh, in December. It was all over the place. It was kind of the taking place of uh, Baby Yoda once Mandalorian was done. <laughs> yeah, and I was late to that party, but uh, I finished it, and I, I loved it. And I was one of those ones at the ending of the show. I think he even warned me about this. It left me going, uh, uh no, I got to wait. I'm not relying on, you know, Netflix to start making a show again in a reasonable amount of time so I can you know, yeah. get some answers you know, to what happened. Yeah, there seems to be like a, a central purpose for these characters. And um, as far as, you know, what happens and what transpires and you're waiting for this event to happen and happen and it finally happens in the last scene of the, of the last episode of the season and then it just cuts to black and you're done. You're like, oh, come on. Yeah, right. I'm guessing they anticipated making another season because there's no way they could have actually ended it like that. Right. There, there had to have been some indication that there was going to be enough momentum behind this for them to go ahead and make at least a season two to move on from there because – the timeline of that show was wow. It was, it, <laughs> I was confused at times watching the last couple episodes. I'm like, okay, I know this is all coming to a head. They're all going to come together. When is this happening? Yeah. Well, I was uh, intrigued once I heard that Henry Cavill was a um, kind of campaign to be the Witcher, to play uh, Gerald. Um, he is a huge fan of the game, I guess. I guess Henry Cavill's a big gamer. Who knew? Um, but yeah, he, he loved the series. He liked the books. And uh, once he knew that this property was being made, um, he, he just he got his agents on the phone to you know call them, and they ultimately uh, brought him on board. And when you have a name, I mean, Henry Cavill's he's kind of becoming a big star, whether it be, you know, he was in Superman, of course, and then he was uh, did a great job in the uh, Mission Impossible movies. Um, Henry Cavill can kind of headline, you know, a big Hollywood movies. So for Netflix to have him as the star of one of their shows, I think that was a big get. Oh, yeah, because it's not one of those homegrown type stars. You know, everyone from, like, say, for instance, Stranger Things, minus Wyatt and a rider, is really right. kind of homegrown. Yeah. He is not homegrown at all. He They brought a name you know, to him. Yeah. In some with some matter and it worked amazingly. Like I like you were saying, there was a lot of like critics were kind of were down on it, and that may have been why I was a little slow to get to it. But I had a few people like yourself tell me to go ahead and go ahead and watch it once I had a chance. And once I had a chance, it was like I couldn't stop watching it. Then I was just okay. When can I find time to finish it? And you know, with my teeth cut out and no one at home laying on the couch, I'm like, okay, this is ample <laughs> opportunity. Yeah, it's almost gotten to a point between the streaming services like Netflix or, or even, um, you know, HBO as, as a format to where when I hear of a property that I'm aware of, um, you know, between the two choices of it being made into a Hollywood movie or being made into a series that I can enjoy on Netflix or, or Hulu, I'm actually more excited these days for those announcements like a Netflix or, or HBO series. Uh, so that way you could really kind of get... Uh, 
you can really get a feel of what the story is over, you know, eight hours, 10 hours, as opposed to kind of condensing a long form story to two hours. And uh, a lot of those things are going to be, you know, kind of go by the wayside. So the lock and key is actually a good example of that. I mean, it's a huge story, um, graphic novel that actually they did a pilot for Fox. This was about 10 years ago uh, that never aired. Unfortunately, it just didn't uh, pan out. Uh, But now I'm, I'm hugely appreciative that it didn't because I think uh, the version that we're getting on Netflix is probably going to be, be superior to anything that would have been on Fox years ago. So, oh yeah, uh, it's kind of crazy that way. Yeah, I'm kind of waiting on uh, you know pins and needles to hear more about the Amazon Prime series than going back to Middle Earth yes. or Lord of the Rings. Yes, that's what I, that's my next big like uh, shooter drop. I mean, I've been hearing about all the money they're pumping into this over there, a billion like million, dollars, right? my friend. Over a billion I know. with a B. It's cr- and it, the fact, like you were saying, they're doing it as a show. They're doing it as a series. Yeah. Which means they're not going to give me a th- you know two three hour movies <laughs> and say you know hold your bladder, good luck, right. and you know suck it up and get through it. Uh, they're going to give us you know new renditions, you know with new graphics and everything. Because those other movies, I mean, I love them to death. Oh, I do. But there's sometimes they're kind of hard to sit through with you know watching some of the old graphics and everything they did with them. And I'm struggling with the idea of when I can show these to Zach without scaring the living crap out of him. Oh, yeah, the Urukai and stuff. I mean, they were, yeah. they were pretty scary, especially in the old ones. I, not as so much in the Hobbit series because they were redone yeah. in CG, so they look kind of goofy and cartoony. Uh, but when they did them in makeup uh, where they were muddy and bloody and had their sharp teeth poking out in the old movies, they looked pretty good. Yeah, I kind of tested the waters this weekend with that with, uh, with Zach. We watched uh, Pirates of the Caribbean uh, Curse of the Black Pearl. Oh, the original? The original. Wow. Yeah, so when, when they're actually out there and you see them in the actual moonlight for the first time and you see their actual, like, skeletons and zombies and him watching that, it, was, uh, it wasn't overwhelming for him. Oh, that's good. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe we're getting to that point where I can maybe show them Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And I won't scare them. And, uh, and maybe even show them the rest of the actual pirate series. Because, I, I mean, it, as hokey as I get towards the end of them, right. I, I kind of enjoy them. I, I don't know why that is, but it's something... Uh, I you know, I'll put it this way. I enjoyed watching the Transformer movies in the theater. That tells you everything <laughs> yeah. you need to know. Yeah, there's no accounting for taste. I actually like that first one quite a bit. So I did you pull it up on Disney Plus? Is it on there? Yeah, Disney Plus, 4K, you know, the, the works. Oh, very nice. Okay. Well, that's something I'm gonna have to check out then. So um yeah, I mean that's kind of uh, where things are at with Disney Plus and Netflix as far as you know, we are currently here in the first stages of twenty twenty. Uh, more to come, of course. Um, there was another TV service that launched just a few months ago, and really, you and I haven't talked about it, and I haven't heard much about it in the news even, was uh, Apple TV+. Plus. What's going on with that? Oh, man, this has been underwhelming. Now, I think their numbers are inflated. Like, for instance, they say they've got 33.6 million users, and I think a lot of those users, outside, I would venture to say half, at least half those users are using it free for the first year. Yeah. Because I'm a free for the first year person. I've got it. I have not turned it on in forever. There's that one series on there, the morning show that my wife enjoys, but not so much we go back to it to finish it. It's still sitting there unfinished. Yeah. Uh, there's really nothing new on there. Everything's been underwhelming. And 
I don't know how long Apple TV can hold on to Apple can hold on to this service because it feels like it's just been nothing but disappointments. Yeah, I think the numbers are a little bit inflated because if you can remember back in uh, October, November, kind of leading up to the holidays, they had that deal to where if you bought any Apple product, you would receive a year of that service for free. They got to be counting those numbers, I would assume. And I mean, Apple had kind of a record breaking uh, year, especially around the holidays for selling the product. So uh, there was a lot of consumers, a lot of purchases and a lot of um, subscriptions. But uh, who knows if the people are actually downloading the app and watching this thing? Well, the thing is, the app automatically comes with it. So it's not like you yeah. have to download anything. You just click on something and you're good to go. So, I mean, it's not even anything really when anyone has to put any effort into it at all. It's just automatic. Yeah, you and I reviewed uh, some of the shows that were on there, like The Morning Show and the Jason Momoa uh, show C. And honestly, there was just they weren't good enough for me to want to come back and kind of conclude and watch the rest of the series. Yeah, I think you watched two episodes of C. I didn't even yeah. get to a second episode of that. Now, we are, I think, three quarters of the way through uh, The Morning Show, which is intriguing, but we've talked about it in the past. It's just so freaking heavy. It's, yeah. not, it's almost not even an enjoyable topic of a show to watch. Uh, I mean, that's really, really where we are with that. I, I really think. Yeah. Do you think they're going to be able to turn this thing around and make some make it something that's actually worthwhile, or do you think it's going to go by the wayside? I think honestly, it's going to be something that goes by the wayside. I, I figured. I look at it this way: there's going to be so many different services being thrown into the mix. Yeah. They, they had to go ahead and make their attempt, and I don't think they're the type of company that's going to hold on to something that's not working. Yeah. Uh, they'll kind of redirect on how they're going to go ahead and go about doing things because disney's got it with you know their stuff netflix much to my amazement is holding on pretty strong i thought that was gonna be something that they were going to struggle and then you like you said you have hbo max coming and you know, there's gonna be other ones as with the peacock so there's gonna be other services coming out that are gonna want your want your money and if they're putting yeah. out constant content and apple tv plus isn't why am i paying for them they're out there now, and they're they're coming your way. They're going to be taking your money five, ten dollars at a time, fifteen in the case of HBO Max. Uh, but yeah, I mean the, the stiff competition that's out there, and um, a lot of these services have uh, content that just uh, is is it's a crazy amount of contact. It's it's back catalog stuff, you know, uh, beloved sitcoms and and dramas and stuff that is aired on TV, as well as. Um, you know, entire catalogs of movies from studios like Universal and Warner Brothers. Um, you know, you kind of compare that to Apple TV Plus, which, you know, didn't have much. It had the, the Snoopy and Space show, which was cute. Uh, yeah, but you need minutes. more than that to compete. <laughs> now, one thing that just kind of crossed my mind, this is the only way I could think they would hold on. If somehow they can come across a deal with one of the big sporting leagues, like the yeah. NFL or the NHL or something like that, and stream 4K, you know, content through their app and have it through them that would be a way for them to hold on you know to yeah. you know a, a group of people well i mean this is the year that uh at&t upcoming will not have exclusive rights to nfl sunday ticket um uh this year upcoming is when the nfl will be able to kind of make some moves and uh, you may see apple go after something like that uh you may see them want to go after an entire studio like paramount um, Universal's kind of taken up by Peacock. We've got Warner Brothers that's taken up by HBO Max. And then, of course, we've got 20th Century Fox, now called 20th Century Studios, and Disney by Disney+. Plus. Um, kind of the, re the remaining big studio out there that has a huge library of content is Paramount that's kind of up for grabs. 
And uh, I could see Apple going after a studio like that just to have some be- some some content. Yeah, there's still an uh, you know another foot to drop, another shoe to drop when it comes to this. But uh, if they don't do something soon, something big, I feel like they're gonna fade away, you know, fade to black. There's not gonna be nothing. Yeah. There. There's gonna be no reason for me to continue with that product. Like even for instance, their uh, Apple Arcade. I was pumped about the Apple Arcade. Right. It's like you know what, all these games ad free, nothing to you know worry about. I guess pick a game, play. And uh, as of today, actually, I went in and canceled my subscription. I've been paying five bucks a month for this thing, and I've not been using it. So I'm like, you know, what's ad free for me? Big deal. Yeah, you're right. Well, one thing that's free going forward is Dad and Rock. You don't have to pay for these episodes. I don't know. Maybe we should start charging. What do you think? Five dollars an episode? Oh, would have no. He would have no audience. We barely have one now. <laughs> We'll do the Apple TV model and start charging folks $5 a week. <laughs> you know, buy a shirt. We'll give it to you free for a year. <laughs> uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Um, but, yeah, as always, check us out on Facebook, uh, Dad and Rock on Facebook. I'm Sean at dadnarock.com. And I'm Chris at dadnarock.com. And uh, like us, do everything on you know, wherever you're finding us, and uh, we appreciate it greatly. I think for the Dad and Rock podcast, uh, we will be signing off for the evening. Toss a coin to your witcher. <laughs> <laughs>